0: A coward dies a thousand deaths A soldier dies but once
1: Welcome to Long Story Short, we have a very special guest today, a man I have high respect for, Jesse Lee Peterson. Jesse Lee Peterson is known for shedding light on the anti-conservative phenomena that has run rampant by the liberal media. Reverend Peterson is president and founder of Bond, that's B-O-N-D, an organization dedicated to the much-needed reconstruction of the masculine psychology that creates the foundation for the nuclear intact family. He is the host of The Fallen State and the Jesse Lee Peterson radio show, where he communicates with a refreshingly down-to-earth and practical manner. He has written a number of texts such as Scam, How the Black Leadership Exploits Black America, or more recently, The Antidote, Healing America from the Poison of Hate, Blame, and Victimhood. A legitimate, bona fide truth-seeker on the side of good. Welcome, Jesse.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: So, The Antidote. Healing America from the Poison of Hate, Blame, and Victimhood. That title in and of itself implies so much about contemporary America. It's its a red pill just to hear those words.
0: Thank you very much. You know, uh, it's a book that I've wanted to write for a long time. And in the past, the publishers that I've uh, dealt with before would not really let me write what I really wanted to write. And so this time, the, uh, the, the publisher I'm with now said, you know what? Whatever you want to write, you're free to do it. And I wanted to write a book that will help all people, whomever read it. It's about the family, it's about anger, it's about feeling like a victim, but it's also about how to overcome all that. And I have come to realize over the last 26 years or so that black Americans are not suffering due to racism, that there is no such thing as racism, and you're going to discover that once you read the book. There's no such thing as racism. Racism is a word that's made up by the race hustlers. It's a lie. It's an illusion. And that's why we have not been able to resolve that or solve that problem because it's a lie. It's an illusion. You can't uh, solve a problem if it doesn't exist. Black Americans, not all but most, are suffering due to the destruction of the family and the lack of moral character. And they are angry about that. And I want them to know until they forgive their parents, they're never going to be free. And the white man is not their problem.
1: And I think it's important to indicate, if you go to Korea, this is prevalent also in the Korean community. Anytime you see, it's not the melanin in your skin. The values are what causes this difference. And my conclusions on the matter are that these people that you call the alchemists, I call them race pimps. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> they, they constantly spew information in an attempt to divide and conquer for this democratic vote
0: that's right and what they have done with the word racism is that they, they keep black people angry whenever they want to gain more power and wealth they come in pretending that they're trying to help and save black Americans when they're really using them in order to gain more power and wealth Uh, And so what they do, they cry racism, and then black people go into a state of anger and white people head for the hills. They do whatever these people want because the last thing that they want to be called is a racist. And so whenever you fear someone, you bring out the worst in them. And as long as white people are showing that type of fear, they're going to keep the race hustlers in business. And, And also they keep black people angry because... You can't you cannot control a moral people. You have to demoralize them in order to control them. And as I said, black Americans most are suffering due to the lack of moral character and their leadership, the race hustlers, the Democratic Party and others, keep them in that mode all the time.
1: It is absolute brainwashing. Tell me a little bit about in terms of values as a reverend, because my father is also a pastor. And in many ways, Western values are Christian values. Yes. What I find in conservatives, which is the, the values, this was critical. And they understand things like having a nuclear attack family. Yes. Entrepreneurial. Hardworking. Not believing in victimhood. And you can get all that from the church. And do you find a breakdown in just not just the black community, but just society itself with this sort of religious affiliation?
0: I grew up on a plantation down in Alabama, and I grew up under the Jim Crow laws. I remember going to a movie theater once as a teenager, and we, the black people, had to sit in the balcony. We were not allowed to sit downstairs with white Americans. But as a teenager, I was okay with that because we had a better view from upstairs, right? So that was no problem.
1: (laughs) Why not? (laughs) (laughs)
0: I, had to, I was taken out of school twice a year, once was to plant the, the crops and again to bring them in um, my great grandfather was assassinated by a white racist, well not racist but hateful man because my great grandfather hired a black man that he had fired and my great grandfather refused to get rid of him so they killed him one night in his bed uh, but in spite of all that we had my, my parents, we had grandparents, we had relatives around, so we had a tight family, a family that loved was right, and they did the best that they could do to do the right thing. They worked hard. They taught us to work, and they told us to always treat people the way you would like to be treated, that there is good and bad in all cultures, all races, good people and bad people, so treat people the way you would like to be treated. Work hard that you will not fail in America. But then the civil rights movement started and under the civil rights movement, they brought in Linda B. Johnson. And Linda B. Johnson told black people, we're gonna take care of you because the white man is racist and he's been holding you back. So we're gonna take care of you, but you can't have a father in the home. You cannot have a father. And so black people agreed to take the fathers out of the home. So the government became the father of the family, and um, the civil rights, so-called civil rights leader became the leader of the people, and it's just been downhill ever since. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, appreciate it or not, believe it or not, there is a perfect order to God, and that order is God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, and woman over children. And the love come from above all the way down to the kids. And when you take that father out, then the love doesn't come down.
1: Yes. I mean, you're, you're preaching to the choir in a way.
0: Out of home, So they took Christ out of the family. And so Eva was able to come in by way of the government and other liberals. And they were able to take over the women and children. And now you have a warfare between black men and black women that I think it's going to take God to come down and restore <laughs>
1: Well, well, the tenets of it. Yes. You touched upon two topics that you're very knowledgeable on, which is the fact that there's two things that I feel that have run rampant and are really affecting the millennial generation in terms of our understanding of gender roles and just this notion of identity politics. Moving on to the topic of masculinity, you know, I've spoken and painted about this subject rhythmically many times, and I feel that feminism has damaged our culture by de-incentivizing men Towards free market competition and exploration, due to this superficial liberation of promiscuous sex, it just neuter[s] the the what ethologists called expansive energy, which is the fact that you were supposed to um, this this humility you hold. It's a, it's it's for character. It's functions in terms of a. If you look at society from a bird's eye view, there are reasons why we have these rituals. It's not just this repetitive nonsense. And I can tell you as a young man dating in search for a woman, you know, with the right values, I'm not just, I'm not looking frivolously right? in terms of constructing a family. You know, this Tinder and this over-sexualized scene that exists, it's made it very scarce. I mean, the women are so quick to jump into bed and the men have such a low belief in themselves that they don't use their hindsight past all the negative connotations that come with it.
0: That's Right. You're absolutely right. Masculinity is the most hated thing on earth today, and especially in this country. And the reason that it is hated, because the because men, they represent God. They are the Christ over their wives and children. They are the Christ on the earth. And they are the spiritual protector of their family. Their, their love comes through the man as he gets it from Christ. And Eva understands that. So what they have done to the children is that they have turned them away from their fathers. And when you turn children away from their fathers, whether boys or girls, you turn them away from God. Because if you don't love your earthly father, you're never going to love God. You would never know him. You must love your earthly father. Even if he's a bad guy, you still have to love him. That doesn't mean you accept his flaws. You just don't hate him. And that way you can return back to God. Mm-hmm. But masculinity is hated for that reason. Evil understand that. So evil is working through other people, encouraging them to turn them away, to turn children away from the father. It even happens in the home where a lot of children are born out of wedlock. I see it all the time in the black community. The mothers are angry. And in their state of anger, they're turning the children away from the fathers. And recreated the kids in their image. And so when they go out into the world, it's easy for the educational system, the liberals and others to take over their minds and control it, them. It's child abuse. Yes. It, it really it
1: it, it it really is. I, I mean, and matter of fact, I have uh, the majority of my peers. They're not the most introverted, but they're numbers guys. You know, I have my closest friends are like labor economists, you name it. And when we talk about this, they'll sh- show me statistics. I have friends who are also in law enforcement. And when they tell me the context of the people who are committing crimes, and whether they are black or white, there is a deeper correlation. They have an absence of fathers. They're all from single mothers.
0: Yes, sir. That's
1: not a coincidence. It's fascinating. I mean, that people like to have this cherry-picking narrative where they only want to hear certain things for to exasperate this phony ego.
0: Yes, sir. I've noticed over the years that men and women who are depressed— who are committed suicide, who are in prisons and jails around the country, who are just emotionally messed up, none of them, so far from what I've seen, have had had good relationship with their fathers. But those who had good relationship with their fathers, they are sound mind, they have a sound mind. They are not controlled by what they feel or think, but they're controlled by what is right. They do very well in life. And that's why uh, with my nonprofit, Bond, we have been rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man because we work with all men, but the primary focus is on the black man. We're trying to get him to ret- forgive his father's father and return back to God because once they do that and love God with all their heart, soul, and might, but once they forgive their earthly father, then God will forgive them. They will have perfect peace within. That is beautiful. Anything.
1: That's amazing. You know yeah. that that that's that is the work, right? Yeah. And, and um, it, it's as Larry Elder says. He says the he he doesn't say Black Lives Matter. He says Black Fathers Matter. And then right right after he said that, he got so much hate. <laughs> but he's right, you know. And you know, Black Lives Matter is something that you've commented on rather thoroughly. And I have my views on that. Now, I my 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 experience was this. Originally, I've I've a broken down set of series of events that caused me to have this view. Originally, I said, "Okay, of course, Black Lives Matter. Who's <laughs> saying they don't? You know." Right. Then I had a friend. She she goes to American University. She said, "You have to come to this route. You need to support y- your fellow man." And in, in my mind, I was saying, "Your fellow man. Well, <laughs> my fellow man should be able to should be able to work like I do." The first thing that happens out of one of the Black Lives Matter person's mouth, he calls me a chink. The first thing that happens,
0: right? That's
1: right. And, and, yeah. and, and I, just the negativity associated with it. It's a strange thing. As an artist, I look at aesthetics. People should be looking at the presentation. The fact that people are being verbose, the fact that people are coming off in this very vitriolic fashion, should imply about what the character says about them, you know, because there's a saying that when the wrong man uses the right means, the right means work in the wrong way. So That's you, right. You, you, can, you can say I. You can say I'm for peace. I'm for love while breaking windows and throwing bottles.
0: That's right. And they
1: they should see one and one, right?
0: That's right. Black Lives Matter is a radical, evil, agitative, hate group that was formed by radical black lesbians and radical black homosexuals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I didn't know it went that far. But, but I agree.
0: I okay. Myself.
1: So, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> really, you, are you familiar with um, Milo Yiannopoulos? Oh, I am.
0: He,
1: he, he's an interesting situation. I, I, I like him in the sense of he is on the side of good, but he's confusingly on the side of good. And, right, and, yeah. and, and he said he's he he once had this. Um, um, I'm actually seeing him next uh, next Tuesday. He had this lecture, and here's the funny thing about Black Lives Matter. Just to show you, it's about hate. They weren't even the the women who were protesting Milo at this event. They weren't even black. They are fat white women who were coming at him so aggressively, saying yeah. Black Lives Matter he starts to expand about this theory he has that Black Lives Matter is a lesbianic black cult either he's incredibly insightful and deep or, or <laughs> this is a push I mean I, what I look at Black Lives Matter is after this event um, I actually went down to Baltimore because my friend his parents own a bakery store there I was going down to help because he's my best friend and I was just surprised that that why would a person go out of their way to ruin such lives and their, their reason for it would simply be, we are fed up. If you are fed up, what is the function of resilience? You know, when, right. I, when I used to wrestle, my coach told me a setback is a setup for a comeback.
0: That's right.
1: And, and, and if you're going to be set back and then you're going to set yourself further back, isn't that counterintuitive? <laughs>
0: right. I love That is so true.
1: That it, it's, it's,
0: left it's, is worse than the KKK and um
1: you can say that <laughs> i agree
0: my tv show the fallen state I tv it. i interviewed black Lives Matter. i don't know if you've seen that yet but they got so angry at me they start screaming and yelling and they ran off the stage because they I proved them to be liars and evil and they could care less about black people uh as you know you have this black-on-black crime going on around the country you don't see them protesting in the inner cities at all. They're not demanding that blacks stop killing one another. They're not asking the police to go in there and clean up the mess. They only get involved when it's white cops on blacks. And, and most of the time, if not all the time, the, the cops that the the blacks that the cops are dealing with are subs. They'll commit crimes. They're they not following the instructions of a police officer. And these people were chanting, what do we want dead cops? When do we want it now? And they were chanting, peace in the blanket, fry them like bacon. And you know, as a result of that, they were invited to the White House by Barack Obama, the president of the United States of America. Can you imagine oh what would happen if George Bush had invited the KKK to the White House?
1: It would be all be over.
0: It would be over. Yeah. But Barack Obama is black and he has the support of the media and the Republicans are afraid of him for fear of being called racist, he allowed to have these agitated, race evil hustlers in the White House and get away with it more than once. And I have to tell you, as a result of the environment that Obama and Black Lives Matter have created, white Americans are under attack. They have been knocked out. They have been robbed. They have been raped. They have been killed, and now these blacks are going out into the urban areas, I mean into the uh, suburbs, and they're breaking into white people's homes. They're robbing their cars. It is out of control because, in my opinion, by Obama and Black Lives Matter creating that environment, they have given them permission to attack white people. There's a race war already happening, but it's just blacks against whites, and whites are not responding.
1: Yeah, race relations, have, yeah, I mean, they've gone haywire.
0: Obama's made it worse. It's worse under Barack Obama than any other time in the history of America. Barack Obama is a black liberation theologist. He is, uh, he hate whites. He hate the Jews. He hate Christianity. And he is doing exactly what he planned to do and what he wanted to do to this country. And the way he's getting it done is by dividing the races so he can do what he wants to do.
1: What I've noticed, for the past eight years, the Democratic vote is fundamentally dependent on the notion of the public having a scattered mindset. They cannot cannot win on the facts alone, which is why they do character attacks.
0: That's right.
1: Every time I've... I'm sorry, go ahead, sir.
0: I'll finish your point. I'm sorry.
1: No, I would say every time I've spoken to any liberal with this race relation or minimum wage or any of this, it all boiled down to the fact that I am a racist, a homophobe, a sexist, and I don't like poor people. Yeah, it's, it's insane.
0: In the last 60 years or so, the Democratic Party has not done anything good for our country. We're worse off today under the Democratic Party. They have not done anything at all good for Black Americans at all. They have refused to put a bit beautiful wall around the borders, so you have all these illegal aliens coming in, and they're landing in the urban areas, and along with, and they're bringing in crime. They're bringing in drugs, uh, gang members who are supported by drug lords, and they are running Black people out of their own communities. The the public school system is overcrowded with illegal aliens, Um, and the Democrats, the job opportunity, even under Barack Obama, is at an all-time low, and they refuse to do anything about it. But whenever they want a vote, they go into those communities, and they cry racism, sexism, uh, homophobic, they cry those things. And that's all they really need to do because the blacks and others get angry because they believe into that kind of stuff. And they vote these people in year in and year out with no improvement in their lives or in their country.
1: In the same breath, I am glad to see black people who go, the greatest racism is saying I don't have agency of my own mind. Yeah. Or I have my female uh, peers who say things like, I'm paid by my work ethic because I decide to consensually agree with, like, there's people who are starting to go, this smells like horse manure. <laughs> you know, um, actually, you know, this is something interesting. Last week I saw um, comedian W. Kamai Bell, and he was doing a performance in Chinatown, and, and I didn't know too much about his comedy context, but he's right. getting kind of popular. And I went into the show, and I discovered him to be what, you know, you refer to as a racial alchemist he spent the, his entire 90 minutes on stage exasperating racial difference rather than amelioration. Yeah. I, I mean, it, what I loved about comedy, that it is this art form that reveals truth where we can laugh about it together as people beyond our differences, right? That's but, right. But his whole bit was based on the audience normalizing a certain type of prejudiced thinking as a starting point for his material.
0: Yeah,
1: And I just sat there and, and this is why I bring this up because I was sitting next to a black man and the whole time he was going, he was just nodding his head. And then I was sitting next to a woman because his whole thing was about how white people are bad. Oh, look, an, an Asian guy. I'm like, I guess so. <laughs> and, then, and then it was how, um, you know, it's, I mean, what does it say about the people who buy the idea that race relations in the United States are parallel to, you know, Jim Crow? I mean, when the United States itself is the most egalitarian society that has ever existed. I mean right. they're in tunnel vision
0: Right You know I uh, I, went, I was a democrat at one time And uh, so when I moved to LA At the age of 18 I started listening to the democrats I listened to Louis Farrakhan, Justin Jackson Maxine Waters and all those people And they were preaching nothing but hatred And I believed into that lie And when you whenever you believe a lie It controls you Just like the truth controls you as well And I, too, would believe that white people were against me, that they hated me. I wasn't taught that growing up, only when I moved to L.A. at the age of 18. And my life nearly went to hell in a handbasket. And it wasn't until I started to question things. You know, if white people are against me and they're holding me back, why is it that Jesse Jackson and his family, Louis Farrakhan and his family, all these people who are preaching this hatred, they are doing very well in their lives. They're living in the best neighborhoods. They have the best jobs. Their kids are going to school. How come the white man is not holding them back? How come racism is not holding them back? And once I started to examine that, God allowed me to see that I was being lied to by these people, that they were using me for personal gain. And once I realized that, I could no longer vote for the Democratic Party because I read the platform, and the whole platform is anti-God, anti-family, anti-military, anti-anything good. So mm. I went back to God and I said to him, you know, I need one more favor from you. And so God is like, what is it? I said, well, you have changed my heart, but I'm a Democrat and I can no longer identify with the Democratic Party. Can you forgive me for being a Democrat?
1: The <laughs> Greatest sin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no and I've been free ever since then I became a re, uh, conservative Republican Because I read the platform and, uh, and as a result of becoming a Republican All hell broke loose, man I've been called Uncle Tom Marcella, oh, sure. You hate your mama, you hate your daddy You hate your color They've called me the N-word They've called me the N-word so many times now that I was thinking about changing my middle name from Jesse Lee to Jesse Edward Peterson. And I mean, when we have our family gathering and I'm the only Republican there, it's a, it's a ball because I just throw out some things and they go insane because the Democrats can't handle anything. A, oh my God. I don't mind the name calling because words don't bother me anymore. I let it roll off my back. I love what's right. I love my country and I'm willing
1: to stand up for my country and what is right. Here, here. I mean, I, I, mine was much less to read, but when I came out, it's funny how I said came out because it's harder to be conservative than gay today. I was called a Twinkie, a Yellow Oreo. But what I have found is that even good people who are Democrats, they are Democrats because they are altruistically, they sincerely believe they have bought these these negative notions and all these connotations that come with it. But the moment they actually do the research, because recently I've uh, got a friend to understand how there's suggestive thinking in the media that changes your perspective. Yes. And what he discovered is that the Republican Party is very inclusive. He was yes. shocked. He was shocked because he heard all this demonic connotations towards him because they're so labeled negatively. And the moment he said, oh, the values that that exists in conservatism, They, I can reflect upon them. You know, it's things I respect. And the moment he found that he respected the, these values, other conservatives were able to work with him. That's right. And, and he was so surprised. He was so surprised.
0: Yes, that's right. Everyone that I've suggested to, I, I've asked them to read the platform of the, of the Republican Party to pay attention to what they're saying and what they're doing. Everyone who's done that, they left the democratic
1: party yes they- my in my experience to everyone i've told hey, yeah. hey, look at what it is to be republican look at what it is to be a democrat they have all become conservative thinkers every single one but but in the same breath um, most of them will be too busy saying that they have when they really haven't so they can uh, double bind you and make you feel like your facts were not checked adequately which is really just a cop-out <laughs>
0: that's true <laughs> You know, one good thing about this presidential campaign is that, as you know, Donald Trump is under attack right now. Oh. He's been called you know, a racist. They say he hate women. Everything. He hate, he hate everything, right? But the one thing that is working is that Donald Trump, unlike the other Republican candidates who uh, uh, ran for office over the past, Donald Trump is standing up to the evil from the Democratic Party. He is not backing down. He is attacking when he is attacked. Um, and but one of the greatest things that he has done, and we tried to get other Republicans to do it, President Bush and others, he has gone into the black community and he has talked to the people. He he've heard their complaints. He's responded to their complaints, and so or complaints. And as a result, he is allowing the blacks to see for themselves what the Republican Party stands for, what it's all about, and it's not against them. And the Democrats are running scared for that reason because they know if black people wake up and really see what's going on, they're going to lose to black votes. And when they lose to black votes, it's over for the Democratic Party.
1: Yes. And th- this is why whenever I see Sheriff David Clark on TV, I just want to grab whatever I'm drinking and just clink, 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 clink. Like, it's just, it's, it's game over. I mean, so the debate is tomorrow night, obviously. Yes. Um, I take it you are a Trump supporter, of
0: course. 100%. I'm stomping for Trump.
1: Yes. I, I Actually, at first, I was not. At yes. first. And I was
0: day one. When he made the announcement and he said what he was going to do with the borders, with a radical Islam, and bring back the economy, I was ready for him.
1: Yeah. Once I discovered the policy of how, at first, it was just, okay, Hillary... Versus Trump, Trump is clearly the lesser of two evils. That's what originally my take on it. So I was still on board the Trump train, but what but what happened was I was I didn't know Donald Trump too well from a political standpoint. That's what it was. And then I f- I was I thought that he did not reflect many of the qualities I respect in figures and leadership, you know. But what I discovered is what I can reflect with him is that today it takes courage in my own life to call yourself a Christian Republican. It's almost anti-establishment today because it's almost a sort of like punk rock. It, it The cool thing, the hip thing to do today is yeah. to be a conservative. It is the unexpected thing because our culture has established this list of identity politic lies where it's, it's easier to be or to support a vegan, transgender, atheist, crossfitting vapor than <laughs> a... Than a Christian conservative. Which, by the way, was the foundation for why you're able to be this rhinoceros or whatever. Yeah. This is why. And this is why I ended up going for Trump. Because what I've discovered is that there's a Pandora's box. There's a thing that anybody who's naturally, intellectually inclined, the very fact that you're saying that the moment Trump is mentioned, you go into character attacking it shows you that there's something about you that you're really hiding, you know. And then I look into that, and then I go. I just look at the policy, and I go, "He, he, he understands that America needs some me time after Obama." I'm
0: telling you, man. He, he
1: gets it, and and, and whenever I communicate communicate with my buddies about this, half of them just look at me like, "You're you're not white." <laughs> <laughs> and I go, "What are you talking about?"
0: I was. Um, Barack Obama has, and he is going down in history as the worst, most hated president that this country has ever experienced. And I knew that back in 2008, that he would be bad for the country. Donald Trump, wow. when he first announced, I saw the courage in him. I saw that authority that God gives his children. And the fact that he was an outsider, it just, it was right up my alley, man. I'm like, yes. This is the guy. And so from day one, and when I see him standing up to Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party, the media, and the rhino Republicans like Paul Ryan and others, I'm encouraged even more so. Donald Trump has dealt with more evil within the last year or so than the average person deal with in a lifetime. And yet, he has not and will not back down. He speaks the truth. Even though the media say what the polls are against him, when I look at his rallies, everybody and their mama are showing up to these rallies. And uh, when I look at Hillary's rallies, a handful of people are showing up. I I
1: and almost I almost did a jumping jack when he said, "Cause you'd be in jail." <laughs> <laughs> I I was um I almost flipped my table. That that was hilarious because, I mean it's, it is it is truly insane that. People are able to even have the conceit that Hillary is is not a bad person to say the least. I mean, all the way from Watergate to what she did with the IRS when, she, when the Clintons were in the house. And there, there's, I can't even start the, the fact that she defended a child rapist. Right.
0: A lot of them don't know. They don't have the information.
1: She is so corrupt. And, um, yeah. you, you know, one thing that really gets me is what she's going to do in terms of her tax plan as well. How she wants to raise the minimum wage, how she, you know, as Ben Shapiro lovely says, Democrats care more about equal outcome rather than equal opportunity. And
0: uh, she has not, in 30 years of being in politics, Hillary Clinton has not done anything that's good for the country. Nothing. She has not succeeded at anything. Benghazi... You just name it. We can go on and on. Hillary Clinton is a power for Hillary Clinton. She's, um, she is about power and wealth. She can care less about the people. She doesn't care about the American citizens at all. That's why she was able to go after those women who uh, uh, said that her husband had raped them and molested them and things like that. She, instead of pretending that she's for women, she tried to destroy those women. Hillary Clinton goes into the black community, and what does she do? She goes into the pulpit. I don't feel no way's tard. I feel like going home. There's one reason for anyone, and especially black people, to vote for Hillary Clinton. But they don't have the information. They don't go and do research. They don't search for the truth, and that's why they don't know. You know, it's
1: funny, actually. Korean community and both the black community have very similar things. We we the style is very different, but right. we are both we're pro life. Yeah. We are fundamentals that that are there that are very conservative, and in a way they're more conservative than a lot of white people's values. But again, it's the fact that they the very values they hold and that are there latently are so so divided, and yeah. it's it's so stunning because. I almost want to get rid of all the distraction and say, what does your gut say?
0: That's right.
1: The fact that the media is focusing on the pussy grab, it sounded like what you call comedy. The fact that they're focusing on the pussy grab instead of all the things WikiLeaks is coming out with. Right. And I'm not trying to be biased. There's actual information in there that is very relevant and revealing.
0: That's right. That's right. I um uh, I held a press conference today in front of the office of Gloria Allred. And because you know how she brought these women out, accusing Trump of sexually harassing them. Well, I held the press conference because I wanted to show that Gloria Allred, and luckily the media showed up. Everybody and their mama were there. And I wanted to show that Gloria Allred is a liar. She doesn't care about these women. She's just using these women in order to stop Donald Trump. Because if Gloria Allred really cared about women, she would not accept the fact that Bill Clinton is out there right now campaigning for Hillary Clinton. And we know what he's all about. And yet she doesn't complain about that. They have no problem with that. They have no problem with Hillary Clinton defending a rapist. And so I wanted to show that Gloria Allred is just trying to stop Trump and that she's a hypocrite, she's a liar, and that she is not trying to help women, but she's trying to stop Donald Trump, just like she did with Herman Cain. Remember the black Republican conservative? Well, he was doing well in the poll for a moment, and here comes Gloria Allred, the attorney, liberal female attorney from L.A. She hauled out these white women, accused this man of sexual harassment, and as soon as he resigned from his campaign... They disappear. And that's what they want to happen to Trump, but it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is what this is the one thing that so many people like about Trump. Yes. Uh, after the second debate, everyone, I don't know what debate they're watching, but everyone's <laughs> saying that Hillary won. Are you out of your mind? Because, but, but the fact that uh, the majority of Americans, and this is kind of discerning, they get their news from CNN and MSNBC. MSNBC tell themselves that they're fair, that they're somewhat libertarian in a way. They're better than CNN, but they're still definitely left-leaning.
0: Yep, they are. I heard a report that within the mainstream media, 90% or more of the media are Democrats. They are Democrats, and so they're supporting Hillary Clinton. They donate to her campaign, to the Democratic campaign, and they're supporting Hillary Clinton, And it's clear that the mainstream media, MSNBC and CNN, and they're all in the camp for Hillary Clinton because they're not dealing with her issues. They are on Donald Trump about all this nonsense about sexual harassment, hating blacks and hating women. They are definitely supporting Hillary Clinton. And I hope when all this is over that they lose their views and that the people stop supporting the mainstream media because it has turned on America.
1: If Trump gets in the house, there's going to be some gigantic cultural shifts, not just his plan. And these (laughs) cultural shifts, is just going to rip out political correctness, which we need by now. Because political correctness was just a way of saying, conservatives, you can't speak your mind. Yes. And let me say as an artist, as a conservative artist, which are scarce, by the way. Right. In the same breath, the majority of galleries, majority of the art scene is definitely left-leaning, and it's very difficult for conservative artists to flourish in that sense. Um, Political correctness halts the creative process, because by being politically correct, you need to give yourself shutters, and one of the highest functions of art, in a way, is social criticism, work that is reflecting about who we are as people, and how can we do that if We're trying to reflect something deep. And every time you find a layer of depth, it's overtopped with this unnecessary mask of virtue signaling.
0: When Donald Trump is already destroying political correctness. I'm starting to see and hear more men and women speaking up now, speaking their mind. They're not as afraid as they they were prior to Donald Trump. So he's definitely uh, destroying that already. And once he get in, I do expect that to change in a drastic way. Also, I'm hoping that (laughs) once he's there, he get rid of Paul Ryan and all those guys, because I believe that they're going to fight against him, even Mm. as president, if he leaves them there, because they are proving that they are on the side of Hillary Clinton instead of Donald Trump. And so it's going to be tough. But I do have to tell you that I am enjoying what's happening now. I clearly see the battle between good good and evil. Donald Trump good, Hillary Clinton evil. And I'm watching this man deal with evil with honesty and calmness. I'm not seeing him angry about anything, but he stands strong. He speaks his mind, and he is dealing with life the way that all men and women who are of God. We should be strong and patient, but tell the truth. Speak up, but don't hate. And then we can win. I gotta ask you this before we go. The painting behind you. Did you
1: paint that? felt like putting a backdrop because I'm not in my studio now.
0: Beautiful.
1: Oh, thank you so much. So actually, this series is a, was a series titled Prometheus. And it was all about masculine psychology. Jungian archetypes. Right. And it's funny because the first week of my opening, I got an email from a feminist who told me that the masculine does not need support as... The patriarchy has, it was all this toxic masculinity, hogwash. And the moment that happened, I said, I'm definitely going into this more.
0: That's right. Exactly. <laughs> they don't
1: understand.
0: That's right. Which city, which state are you in?
1: I'm Washington, D.C.
0: Oh, whenever I'm in the area, I'm going to come by and check out some of your please, paintings. Please Those do. And,
1: and you're welcome to come by anytime whatsoever. I'm here for you, Jesse. I mean, I'm, I'm jiving with you, my good sir.
0: For sure. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice talent to have. That's a nice gift.
1: It's the conservative principles that keep me afloat with this. It really is. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. this isn't just a theoretical thing. It's a practical reality. It, right. This is a practical thing. People keep thinking it's just like, oh, it works theoretically. I'm like, no. Like like read Thomas Sowell's basic economics. There's practicality to the yeah. the functioning in this manner. And what I have seen is, you know, to kind of culminate this is I look at my parents who came from another country with a language barrier, but they right. leapfrog all the benefits that were there for them without ta- without not government benefits, but through hard work, availability that is there for them by by working harder than Americans who are here who want handouts, and now they they live in McLean Yes, <laughs> you see what I'm saying. Your parents
0: must be proud of you, man. That's really nice, and that's the impact that parents should be having on their children. And that's why we are rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. We want black men and black women to get married, love God with all their heart, soul, and might, and become a good example for their children so that their kids can see the right way to go. And we can turn this situation around overnight if they were to do that within the black community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is why I'm so glad to have you on. Jesse Lee Peterson, ladies and gentlemen, he is, again, a bona fide badass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much
0: Thank you for having me, man God bless you